Blog Talk Radio.
Alright, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio Taking some time to worship the Lord It's about 15 minutes past the 10 o'clock hour Central Standard Time And we're broadcasting tonight out of Garland, Texas My name is Chris Herzog, I'll be your host tonight you need to call in, the call in number is 619-638-8458 you want to listen to the show uh, We've got the chat room down uh, for the night and so I'll just be kind of sharing from my heart, sharing a little bit. wanted to get into a series, and we sort of skimmed the surface on this before, but wanted to talk about spiritual warfare tonight and just kind of uh, just share a little bit about that. You know, the Bible says that we're to fight the good fight of faith, that we're to endure hardness as a good soldier. You know, constantly throughout the Word of God, we see these phrases, if you will, quotes, where we're, you know, always reminded of the battle. We're always reminded of the fight. We're always reminded of the warfare that we're to engage in. You know, Ephesians 6.12 says this. It says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You know, every person is involved in a war. A war that will ultimately end all wars. You know, spiritual warfare is more critical than any battle that between countries any battle that's done with nuclear armaments or conventional warfare, the spiritual warfare is more critical. It's more dangerous than a terroristic plot. It's more evil than a ticking time bomb. You know, the fact is that the war being waged in the spiritual realm has a more devastating effect than any other battle of all the nations throughout history. The root is, you know, we may see warfare even among countries, among nations, among people. We may see wars and we may see fights and things like that happen, but the root of it is a spiritual war. It's not like earthly warfare, even though earthly wars may be part of it. Our enemy seeks to conquer and destroy the souls, the spirits, the bodies of human beings. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said he came to give us life and give us life abundantly. And although the supernatural realm, the warfare that takes place in it, it may be invisible to human eyes. Okay, it may be invisible to human standards. We may not be able to see the details of what's going on. We can see the effects of it, kind of like the wind. You know, you don't ever see the wind, but you can feel and see the effects of what the wind can do. And although this supernatural war is invisible to the human eyes, our enemy and his opposition are very real. The conflict is taking place between the forces of good and evil, the forces of heaven and the forces of hell, the forces of the power of God and the forces of the power of Satan. These battles are very real. 
there's powers that build up and there's powers that destroy. And we need to recognize that we're right in the middle of this conflict. See, you're the treasure. I'm the treasure that's being fought over. There's war in the heavenlies being waged between the powers of darkness and the powers of light. See, you're the crown. People, men and women, are the crown of God. We're, we're the Father's glory, the Father's creation that he made in his own image. And there's a war being fought for us. On another note, we're like foot soldiers in the fight. You've got to understand the nature of the war. You've got to learn how to fight effectively against your enemy. Because many lives, including your own, are at stake. Look, your your spiritual, your emotional, your relational, your, your health, all of it's at stake. And we have to understand what this warfare is about. Listen, you've got to learn how to fight. You've got to be an effective prayer warrior. You need to be skilled with the sword of the word. Why? Because many lives, including your own, are at stake. Look, if you consider the conflict that we're involved in, it's not surprising that the Bible constantly, metaphorically compares the Christian life to warfare. Look, Timothy encouraged us Okay, Paul encouraged Timothy, rather, and Timothy in the book of Timothy, told us to fight a good fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life. We're told to endure hardship as a good soldier. Paul exhorts us in Romans, put on the armor of light. In Ephesians, put on the armor of God. So we need to realize there is a warfare And it's always going to surround the birth of a miracle. There's always going to be a fight before the breakthrough. There's always going to be an enemy that rises up before you get your victory. We need to have eyes to see. We need to have ears to hear. We need to have a discerning heart and be able to measure the atmosphere, be able to tell what's going on around us. You know, there's three major errors among the body of Christ. Three major errors among even the world that I see, you know, uh, as an issue. And although we're fighting this, this war in the spiritual realm, most people are not aware of their enemy. No, most people are not aware of Satan and his schemes. Even a survey, if you take 70% of America, okay, 70% of America believes that Satan is real. Okay, they, they believe that he's real. But many people in our society have this idea of Satan or the devil 
Um, but their understanding is a little confused. It's a little distorted. There's all these popular images. They think that he's this guy with horns and a pitchfork. Or they may see him as a jokester that goes around tempting people to do mischievous things. And they don't really see the enemy. They don't see the devil for the malicious thing that he really is. There's a widespread ignorance. There's a widespread confusion regarding the devil, regarding Satan. And I would say if if you were to look at the different sides, uh, the different aspects of these errors, I guess you could say, you could probably break it down into three. I'm sure there's more than three. But there's a lot of errors when it comes to people's approach to the spirit realm and spiritual warfare. One of the major errors that people make is to deny the existence of evil spirits, to deny the existence of the spiritual world in general. Some people think that Satan is like demons. Uh, Satan and his demons are kind of like Santa Claus and his elves. Just a mere figment of a child's imagination, like the boogeyman. They don't understand how much evil is in our world and how much of that contributed to the work of the devil. They instead might believe that bad things only happen by accident of nature. That people do evil things because of poor socialization or because of upbringing, because of their conditioning. But listen, the Bible tells us beyond the shadow of a doubt that there's a spiritual world that's very real. There's evil as well as spiritual forces, evil forces as well as good spiritual forces. Apostle Paul identified the evil forces as this. He said there's principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now this is Ephesians 6.12. The existence of our spiritual enemy we call Satan, we call him the devil, is an undeniable fact. I mean, even Jesus himself called him the ruler of this age or the ruler of this world. Go to John twelve thirty one. You'll see Jesus referred to the devil as the enemy, as the ruler of this world. Read Matthew thirteen thirty nine. Read John twelve thirty one. The enemy who sowed tares or weeds is the devil. Talking about when they gave the example of the farmer and the tares and the, and the wheat and the wheat and the tares. First Peter five eight says Satan is your adversary, the devil. Okay, so all throughout Scripture you can see that the devil is referred to, or Satan is referred to as our enemy. So we have an enemy. The wickedness that takes place in the visible world, in our natural world, the wars and the hatred and the different things that take place, all of this is influenced, it's fueled, it's powered by the spiritual underworld, inspired by devils, inspired by Satan. And as we grip and and have an understanding that there's a reality of evil, 
we need to be aware that evil spirits influence things that happen in our everyday lives. Truly, things that happen in your everyday life are influenced by demonic forces. Everything good and righteous is being attacked by the devil and his forces, period. Why? The enemy wants to distract you from the reality of the supernatural realm. The enemy wants to distort your perception of the reality of the supernatural realm. Why? Because he's trying to divert you, to detour you, to distract you from finding spiritual solutions for every issue in your life. Spiritual struggle, conflict of human spirit, it's not a myth, but it's a reality. It's a reality. Even though we know we're in a physical battle, okay, like, you know, let's say somebody gets shot. Okay, you know you're in a physical battle if you get shot because you see somebody bleeding. Okay, if somebody gets shot, you know they've been shot. They've been shot at. They've been wounded. There's a reality of it. The devil's job is to get us to ignore the spiritual realm or make it the lowest priority on the totem pole, so to speak, and distract us from the reality of supernatural. We need to realize even these critical issues, these issues that happen in the natural, are all a result of what's happening in the spiritual. So I think the number one thing is, is the enemy, the devil, tries to make people think there's no existence of evil. There's no evil spirits. There's no spiritual world. If he can downplay it, then he can downplay the fact that we can find spiritual solutions for our problem. We're going to break for a moment. We'll be right back.
right, so number two. The second thing that I see as being an issue is a lot of times we blame the devil for every single thing that happens in our life. We blame Satan, we blame the devil for everything. Every negative action, every situation that takes place in the world, we put it on the devil. Now, there's got to be a balance. Yes, he is an influence. Yes, a lot of things that happen in this world, it is his fault. And he is the one that's the puppeteer, I guess, behind the situation. Or he's the, what we call like the Wizard of Oz behind the scenes. But, you know, a lot of times we really need to be cautious and we need to not give Satan undue attention. We need to not have excessive thinking or studying about him. Okay, a lot of times when we have this approach, it leads to a fascination, it leads to fearfulness, it leads to an overestimation of his power. And a lot of times it can lead people inadvertently to engage Almost in a form of satanic worship, what we're doing is we're attributing qualities that belong only to God to, to the devil. You know, God's the one that's all-knowing, not, not the enemy. God's the one that's omnipresent and he can be everywhere at once, not the enemy. God, Jesus, is the one that's omnipotent. He's all-powerful, not the enemy. And people end up living in fear of Satan rather than having trust in God. Now, it is true that the devil does everything he can do to destroy and deceive. He's not some impersonal, benign influence, but he's a real spirit being, and he's at war with us. However, not all bad things, not everything that's bad that takes place, come directly from him. Okay, let's take sickness, for example. Sometimes sickness can be caused by an evil spirit, but not always. Okay, a satanic attack may be a possible cause for sickness. Just like if we read the book of Job, it indicates sickness does not necessarily come from the devil. Jesus clearly distinguished between the healing of sickness and the casting out of demons. Okay, there was a difference. When sickness is caused by willful sin or natural causes, you can try to cast the devil out of somebody all day long, but it's not going to bring healing if it's because of sickness or it's because of sin or it's because of some natural cause. Somebody's got a cold, that's not necessarily a demon. If somebody's got a broken arm, that's not doesn't mean there's a demon inside of their arm. And being exposed to a virus may not be the same thing as being demon-possessed. Okay, some things come our way simply because we live in a fallen world. Some things happen to us because we're in a distorted, fallen world. Tragic things happen both to the righteous and the unrighteous. It'll continue to be this way before, you know, Jesus comes, or until Jesus comes back. So realize that not everything that happens comes from the devil. Until we're in heaven, 
There'll be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There'll be no more pain. The former things will have passed away. But that's on that day. When we're standing before God, when we're in glory. But until then, we're going to have some things we deal with. Now, can God heal? Yes. Can God heal broken arms? Yes. Can God cast devils out and bring people into health? Yes. Even in this life, yes. But not everything that happens is is the devil's fault. Not everything negative that happens is because of the devil or a demon. Okay, now the third thing that I see as being an issue is that some Christians actually believe that they're immune from demonic assault. Some some Christians believe that they're uh, above it. And there's many scriptures that, that prove this to not be so. Okay, if we go back to Matthew and look at Jesus' temptation by the devil, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 10, or Luke 4, 1 through 13. Or even Paul's harassment by the spirit of divination, which had possessed a servant girl, if you remember Acts chapter 16. There's a clear warning of First Peter that we need to be on guard because the devil is on the prowl, seeking those who he can devour. And if you're taking a position that believers cannot be attacked by the devil, this leaves Christians ignorant of their enemy. This leaves you ignorant of your enemy's tactics. The Bible says, do not be ignorant of the devil's devices. We don't need a false sense of security in this Christian walk. But we need to be aware of Satan. We need to be aware of his schemes so that we can stand against him for our own protection and for the protection of others. Sometimes believers tend to joke about the devil. Sometimes believers make jokes. But listen, the demonic world is not something we should be careless about, not something we should joke around about. Jude, the book of Jude, Jude said that even the archangel Michael dared not to bring any accusation, any railing accusation against Satan, but he said, the Lord rebuke you. That was Jude verse 9. But many Christians seem to think that they can just go to church, mind their own business, not cause any trouble to the devil or anybody else. They have no desire to do battle with Satan or evil. Yet when their sons become strung out on drugs, their unmarried daughters become pregnant and want abortion. They learn about spiritual warfare because it becomes a necessity. Why do we always wait till we have a crisis before we start praying? We need to begin to pray. We need to learn how to do spiritual warfare so that we don't always have to deal with the crisis. Sometimes prayer can be a preventative. Sometimes prayer can arm us for battle and and be a safeguard or be a wall or a shield around us before the attacks even get through. 
you're taking the position that a believer cannot be attacked by the devil. This leaves a false sense of security. It, it causes Christians to be ignorant. and it, They don't understand the enemy's tactics. And we need to be wise. Satan opposes people with God in every way that he can. His, his job is to destroy human life. And it's unrealistic to think that we can ignore our enemies. We need to become equipped. We need to get equipped for spiritual warfare. We need to become strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Listen, while this great spiritual struggle is taking place, most people don't even believe in the reality of what is happening. Many people in church don't fully understand how to appropriate the protection, how to use spiritual weapons that are rightfully theirs in Jesus. Uh, We've been told about victory in Jesus. We sing about a victory in Jesus. We sing it all day long. But for the most part, we haven't been really shown how to walk in victory. Many Christians don't know how to use or claim Christ's victory for themselves. Because so many believers are unequipped spiritually. They're susceptible to the attacks of the devil. Listen, you can become easy prey for the enemy. You can become vulnerable. Even as a believer. Think about how vulnerable non-believers are too. They have no idea how to use these spiritual weapons. They have no idea the power that's in the name of Jesus or the blood of Jesus. They don't understand about walking in the armor of God and, and walking in the things of prayer, using the word of God, wielding it as a weapon. Begin to worship God and get into that place of worship and praise. Build a spiritual hedge around you. People don't understand about this stuff. God is instructing us to go to battle. Teaching us how we can overcome the enemy of our soul. Listen, hell is very real. The judgment of God on sin is very real. God desires that men and women come to him and learn to defeat the devil through spiritual warfare. The reason we're teaching this stuff is to make the truth about spiritual warfare clearer to understand. So it's easier for you to grasp. So you can use all the spiritual weapons and all the artillery that's available to you that the Word of God clearly outlines, clearly tells us. I'm I'm angry at the devil. Okay, we have taken attacks and abuse and Put up with this stuff for many, many years. And listen, after a while, you just get to where you're you're angry. You realize how deceitful 
There's nothing good to say about this guy. There's never been a greater affront to God. There's never been a bigger threat to the people of God than the devil himself. We've got to learn to walk in victory. We've got to learn to fight. And there's a way to have victory over the enemy. There's a way to do things where we become more than conquerors. The Bible says no weapon for or fashion against us will prosper or stand. Every tongue that rises up against us will be condemned or defeated. But you've got to understand the promises of the word of God. You've got to get the word of the Lord in your heart. You've got to get the word of the Lord in your mouth. You've got to begin to speak and, and align yourself with the things of God. There's a reason why Jesus said, look, the enemy has no part in him. Because he wanted to make sure when it came to the attacks, it came to the worker, he was in the right position. The reason why he gave himself to the word of God and the fasting and the prayer on a continual basis, day and night, we need to not leave the door open. And you do not leave the door open. Let me pray for you. We're going to wrap this up about 11 o'clock tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you that you're equipping us for the battle. You're equipping us for the warfare. You're preparing us, Lord, for the things to come. Lord, you've called us to be soldiers. You've called us to fight the good fight. You've called us to endure the hardness. Lord, you told us to put on the armor of light, put on the armor of God, to not be ignorant of the devil's schemes or devices because he is seeking about, roaring about, seeking whom he may devour. But, Father, we just declare that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus that loved us, Lord. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, for every man, every woman, every child, every teenager. And, Lord, you are preparing them. You are filling them with your spirit. You are filling them with your words. Help us to focus on the promises of God, Lord, instead of the problems that we face. Father, we ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would raise up every person that names the name of Jesus to walk in victory and not to walk in defeat. Father, we ask, Lord God, that, Father, you would help us to recognize, Lord, that there is a spiritual world, there's a spiritual battle going on, that not everything that we see in the natural, Lord, is the way it really is, but, Father, there's a supernatural There's an invisible world. There's an underlying motive and cause for everything that we see on the surface, Lord. Help us to be discerning of those things. Father, help us to not blame the devil for everything that happens in our lives. But, Lord, let us realize that we're in a fallen world. And, Father, different things happen 
to the good and the bad, to the just and the unjust. Father, that, Lord, not everything is because of the devil or because of a demon, but, Father, we choose to trust in you. We ask you to fight our battles for us, Lord, because you're the mighty warrior that's in our lives. And, Father, we just declare in Jesus' name that, Lord, we're not going to be ignorant of the devil's devices or schemes, Lord. We're, we're going to begin to recognize we're going to be in that, to have an understanding of what's going on in the world, Lord. Show us, Father God, the different ways that the enemy comes to distract and derail and detour or destroy us. Show us, Father. Lord, we thank you, Father God, for what you're doing tonight. We pray your peace and your rest over every home and over every household that's represented tonight. Father, we ask, Lord, for your blessing over every marriage and every relationship where they name the name of Jesus. Father, we ask, Lord, for every child and every parent, Lord, to be restored, for every husband and every wife to be restored. Father, we ask, Lord, for every minister to be empowered to go forward in the things of God and to bear much fruit. Father, we pray for those that are sick in their bodies, Lord, that you would bring a healing and a wholeness, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. And, Father, we pray for those that don't know Jesus, Lord, that they would come to the knowledge of the truth, Lord. Open their eyes. Speak to their hearts. Give them hearts to obey what they hear. And, Father, we pray your kingdom come and your will be done in their lives. Just as it is in heaven, Lord, give daily bread. Provide, give provision. Father, lead, Lord, not into temptation, but deliver from evil. Grant everyone a power and a spirit of forgiveness. Take away the offense and the bitterness. Take away the unforgiveness. Let people not walk around in the spirit of fear, but in power and love and a sound mind. Father, we just ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Listen, if you're just tuning in, this is Prayer International Radio. Call number 619-638-8458. We, we don't have the chat room open tonight, but it will be open tomorrow. You can go to the website at www.prayerinternational.org. I'm putting together some devotional different things for you to tap into to build up your spirit just be open to what the Lord has for you we pray that his spirit that his glory his his heart would so fill your heart and so fill your mind that his peace would so motivate you for your assignment that God would grant you increase in many areas. Like Deuteronomy 111 says, the Lord God will increase you a thousand times more than what you're worth. We pray that, that God would increase you. Listen, on that note, we're going to go out. 
So once again, you can reach us at www.prayerinternational.org. If you're tuned in, we're on blogtalkradio.com slash prayerinternational. You can check us out on Ustream, YouTube, blogger.com. You can always go to our website. We've got a prayer request page. If you need to email us, we're at prayer at prayerinternational.org. Feel free to reach us, contact us, let us know. Check us out. We're on Facebook. Many different ways you can reach us. We want to continue to pray for you, pray for your family, pray for your ministries, pray for whatever you have going on. We just pray God's will be done and that you would be encouraged, motivated, go forward for your assignment in God. We just pray that everybody have a good time. My name is Chris Herzog. I'll be back in a couple of nights. Sean Holmberg should be with us tomorrow night. Continue to pray for us as we're going through transition. And just trust God. Give God your whole heart. He's looking for hearts that are fully His. Trust Him with this season of your life. Acknowledge Him in all your ways. And let Him direct your path. He says it will make straight paths for your feet to walk in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even if they're crooked, he can make them straight. Even if it feels like a desert, he can bring a stream, a river, in the midst of that desert. Even if you're thirsty, he can quench your thirst. Even if you're hungry, he can fill your hunger and satisfy your soul. Just trust him. He wants to be a father to the fatherless. He wants to be a friend to you if you have none. Trust him to be your everything. Trust him to be your all in all. He says, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will not leave you comfortless. Just like a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. That's how God wants to do. He wants to pull you close to his heart. He wants to wrap his arms around you and let his love cover you. Once again, this is Prayer International Radio. Be blessed and have a good night. In Jesus' name, amen.